0: Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Again, good Easter morning to you, St. James Parish family. We've been holding this in for so many weeks now, and I know we are Episcopalian, but can I get another Alleluia? Again? Hallelujah indeed for this moment where we gather and where we celebrate on the first day of the week, just as faithful people like you and I have been doing for over 2,000 years. But why Sunday morning? Why not Saturday? Why not Tuesday night? Well, though we can look to all four of the gospel writers for the answer, today we focus on the gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. And boom, the early church adopted the first day of the week for newly minted Christians to gather, to worship, to learn, and to be in community together. Followers of Christ are still doing all of those things all over the world, and right here, right now. So on this Sunday morning, we remember we remember that death did not win. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, that the last enemy to be defeated is death. On the first day of the week, today, we celebrate that defeat. And by the way, every day of the week, death was and is defeated. Hallelujah. So here we are together with family, friends, friends neighbors, folks who come often and are now gladly squished a little tighter in those pew boxes, and also folks who are perhaps here for the first time. Again, welcome to you. How great it feels for all of us to be together. So then, let's remember together. Let's remember some other details about this incredible morning, this day that we all know or think we know so well. There's Mary Magdalene. John records her alone, but from the other Gospels, we know she wasn't the only woman at the tomb that morning, and it's important to get the big picture here, as all four Gospels have the same account of the experience of the morning, each though with unique details that complement each other. Yes, we do read John's account this morning, but I think I might refer to all four, so if you're inspired, please feel free to look in those Bibles in the pews, or even at home. For other details. Back to Mary, though. Up super early at the tomb, perhaps she was the first, perhaps she walked ahead of the others just before dawn, we don't know. I would be willing to bet, though, that Mary had not slept so well the night before, if at all. Mary was grieving. Mary's heart was sick. And at first glance, it's hard to reckon why Mary would go out at, oh, dark o'clock, oh, and stand in front of a giant stone? But if we think about it, it makes perfect sense. Why do the living ever go to those last points of contact, the cemetery, the columbarium, the garden? Of course, we can't get to our loved ones, but we can remember them. So this place, this tomb, was likely the last point of contact that Mary had with the body of Jesus Love doesn't mean more than a reason than that. Love just gets up. Love goes. Mary gets a surprise at the tomb, though. They all do. The stone is rolled away. A two-ton stone that had to be put in place from an uphill route is moved away. Her natural brain searches for a natural cause, but there isn't one, of course. But she's looking for some answer, any answer, someone to report to, so Mary runs she runs to Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Now, you and I know that the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, is John. And why do we know that? Because today we're reading John's gospel, and John tells us so. you got to love John. He refers to himself as Jesus' favorite several times like this throughout his gospel. It kind of makes me laugh, too. John's character all shining through in his gospel, referring to himself in the third person, but acknowledging that special love of his Savior. So at this point, Mary leans right in on that old story we all have used and says, they, the mysterious they, have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. Who is they? If they aren't there... They are there, but Mary is frantic. Mary's looking for help. This is what John records next in verse 3. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Apparently, also, John wants us to know that if there was a resurrection marathon, he won. Well done, John. But he just can't let it go. We hear he's standing there at the entrance, bending in to look at the strips of linen lying there. And then he writes Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And in case we missed it the first two times, then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw, and he believed. It's important to stop here for a minute and review a key word. In our language, it is the word saw, which to us simply means you were looking at something. But in the original Greek, the word saw is translated three different ways, have very different meanings. All three are right here in this important narrative of John and Peter witnessing that empty tomb. John, who got there first, looked in. And saw the linen wrappings lying there. That translation means glanced, noticed, made out a general scene. You can imagine John leaning in and doing a head wag, getting the idea of emptiness. But then Peter, coming in second, by the way, scoots by John. Maybe he gives him a little elbow on the way into the tomb. Maybe he's a little sore that he was slower. But we do hear this. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. This word saw in Greek is thereo, the root of our word theater. Thereo means to study intensely and closely. We get more detail from what Peter saw, but no conclusion yet. Peter, being Peter, is shaking his head like he understands But as usual, Peter has no clue. Luke's account goes so far as to tell us that Peter went away wondering to himself what had happened. Oh, Peter, we can all identify with Peter. We see, we study, we play the game, but we don't even know at times when we've won. Now for that third, saw, back to John and listen for it, he also went in and he saw and believed. This is the Greek word eidon, and it means to see with comprehension, to understand with strength. He looks and he really sees. And when he does, he believes. We are told they didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus would be raised from the dead. But we know here that John is starting to remember. Maybe we are as well. We haven't even talked about the angels yet. Angels are mentioned in 34 books of the Bible. They're the messengers of God. Angels have a purpose. They usually have to tell people who see them, not to be afraid. Did you notice what they did in today's account? Peter and John, gentlemen that they were, actually departed. They left. They left Mary at the tomb, all by herself, weeping, alone. Well done, gentlemen. But Mary looks in, and there's two angels there. And for some reason, she doesn't faint. She doesn't scream. The angels say, woman, why are you weeping? Now, just for the record, that is a question I will never ask someone who is visiting the grave of a loved one. But these angels, they're on a mission. They hear her out with the, they took my Lord, probably rolling their eyes a bit. But when we hear that Mary saw Jesus, We hear that Mary saw Jesus. It takes her a minute, but after mistaking him for the gardener, Mary actually sees Jesus. And I love that Jesus says her name, just Mary. Was it the tone that she remembered? Was it that he knew her by name? Luke's account has the angels saying it this way Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he is risen remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. I think that sometimes it's hard for us to remember when we look at the very familiar accounts of the empty tomb. It's good to notice. It's better to get some detail by studying, but to see with comprehension and understanding, that Jesus died as the sacrifice for all of humanity, and then he was resurrected, rose from the dead, not dead but alive, that is why we are here on this first day of the week. Of all of the religions in the world, ours is the only one to boast a risen Lord, to have that risen Lord simply call us by name, as he did to Mary, and to ask us to really see him, and to love him, and then to love our fellow human beings as well, to be saved by that grace. So, my friends, we come together. We come together to remember all of this, to remember that with our God, all things are possible, to remember that there is no enemy left because death has been defeated, to remember that we're not hoping for Christ in just this life, but for life eternal. Today we see. Today we remember. Together. Jesus Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.